Welcome to the Thriving Faith Podcast, where we believe the Bible is true in its entirety and are here to equip Christians with biblical insights to live a Christ-like life. We inspire you to flourish in every area of your life, mind, body, and soul, to grow in the Word and closer to God, no matter what season you're in. Go ahead and listen in to embark on this life-changing journey to thrive as a Christian. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is day 19 of the Proverb a Day Challenge. Imagine how far we've come and we are almost there. We're almost there. We're reading today from chapter 19 of the book of Proverbs and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one who who is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Also, it is not good for a soul to be without knowledge and he sins who hastens with his feet. The foolishness of a man twists his way, and his heart friends against the Lord. Wealth makes many friends, but the poor is separated from his friend. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who speaks lies will not escape. Many entreat the favor of the nobility, and every man is a friend to one who gives gifts. All the brothers of the poor hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He may pursue them with words, yet they abandon him. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who speaks lies shall perish. Luxury is not fitting for a fool, much less for a servant to rule over princes. The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. The king's wrath is like the roaring of a lion, but his favor is like the dew on the grass. A foolish son is the ruin of his father, and the contentions of a wife are a continual dripping. Houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Laziness casts one into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. He who keeps the commandment keeps his soul, but he who is careless of his ways will die. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he who will pay back what he has given. Chasten your son while there is hope, and do not set your heart on his destruction. A man of great wrath will suffer punishment, for if you rescue him, you will have to do it again. Listen to counsel and receive instruction, that you may be wise in your latter days. There are many plans in a man's heart, nevertheless the Lord's counsel, that will stand. What is desired in a man is kindness, and a poor man is better than a liar. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. A lazy man buries his hand in the bowl and will not and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. Strike a scoffer, and the simple will be wary. Rebuke one who has understanding, and he will discern knowledge. He who mistreats his father and chases away his mother is a son who causes shame and brings reproach. Cease listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. A disreputable witness scorns justice, and the mouth of the wicked devours iniquity. Judgments are prepared for scoffers, and beatings for the backs of fools. Wow, what a read, what a read. 
I see a lot of teaching, <laughs> a lot of statement and a lot of rebuke coming out and also a lot of wisdom about wealth and about being poor and friendships. So we're going to go ahead and I'll break down a few verses that stood out for me and at the end, I'll be giving like the golden nuggets from this whole chapter. And the first verse that stands out for me is verse 2. And it says, also, it is not good for a soul to be without knowledge. And he sins who hastens with his feet. So if you delay to get knowledge, it is not good for your soul. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And we saw that in the earlier Proverbs, where it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I think it was the first chapter. So when you do not get the knowledge of the Lord, it is not good for your soul. And you are sinning if you delay to get knowledge and wisdom. And this is really encouraging because we are on this Proverb Day challenge to grow knowledge, wisdom, and understanding so we can thrive in every area of our lives. And I'm here to inspire you. This is the whole intention and the whole goal for this whole podcast to require to equip you and also inspire you on your walk with the Lord so you can thrive in every area of your life as a Christian, as a mom, as a dad, as a housewife, as a working mom, the whole general life scenario of being a Christian. And he's telling us to seek knowledge and let us not sin by delaying to acquire the knowledge. And the next verse that stands up for me is verse 4. It says, wealth makes many friends, but the poor is separated from his friend. And this is a, a typical human being behavior of we tend to dwell and fill in the gaps to live and thrive with people who are better off. And it's honestly not a big thing. The Bible here is encouraging us to work hard and also to have as many friends as we can. And now wealth may not be just in materialistic things, but also the positivity, the knowledge that we carry and the encouragement that we give to those around us gives us very many friends around us than the poor or the immoral that are separated from their friends. And here we see that no one wants to associate with the poor and Let's just work hard. Let us work hard. Let us surround ourselves with like-minded people, people that are full of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding so that we can dwell in their abundancy and also tap from that. And the next verse that stands out for me is verse 5. It says, A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who speaks lies will not escape. Now, we all know lying is up there as a, as a scene. So here the Bible is emphasizing that Lying, when you lie, you will not go unpunished. And it also affirms it in verse 9, where it says, A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who speaks lies shall perish. So here the Bible shows us that clearly lying is a sin, and it will not go unpunished, and we shall perish if we keep on lying. The best thing to do is to hold into Jesus and be truthful, even in those hard times, in the workplace, in our homes. It may look like a small little lie or a white lie or the lies we tell our children so we can, you know, go out and have an interrupted time with them. It is still a lie. And I've realized that I rather tell my children when I'm leaving and they do not understand where I'm going. They do not know what's actually going on. I usually just tell them, I cannot explain it right now. But look, when I come back, we're going to have a great time. 
And sometimes even tell them I'll bring you a surprise. I do not conclude what I'm bringing because I never know. If I specify, then I 100% have to bring what I specified. Because as we see, this, those small little white lies are what breed the actual lying when they grow up. And they start lying to us when they grow up. Now, this doesn't mean that us not lying to our kids, that they'll never lie to us. No. The easier thing to do is to tell them the truth so that they can see that in your home, in your presence, the truth prevails. And here we see lying, what go unpunished and you shall perish. And the next verse that stands out for me is verse 67. It says, many entreat the favor of the nobility and every man is a friend to one who gives gifts. All the brothers of the poor hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He may pursue them with words, yet they abandon him. And I have seen a, a meme where it says African math. I think it was some somewhere on TikTok. And it was saying African math is where if you're poor, you don't have to say anything in family gatherings or meetings. And when you're rich, even when you're young, the people older than you respect you more unlike the people that are not wealthy. And I feel like the Bible is giving us a clear example of our typical human behavior and the psychology of man, where everyone will be in the favor of those that are noble and be friends with those that give gifts, but everyone else will leave the poor and hate them. And it just shows that we need to work hard. We need to work hard and be generous because it says and every man is a friend to one who gives gifts. Now, be encouraging. It might not be a physical gift, but even you speaking truth and encouragement, affirming someone else, telling them, oh, hey, you look beautiful. I love that curl on you. It usually goes a long way. And I've realized someone once told me that, oh, mustard really looks good on you. Like the color yellow mustard looks amazing on you. I was like, oh, Really? But it was more like an affirmation to me because when I was in the mirror that day, it feels like I actually look good. I wonder what's, you know, standing out. And she goes ahead and affirms it. And trust me, from that day, I started loving the color yellow. I started seeing it through a different lens whenever I wore yellow. So be encouraging. Be that gift that keeps giving. Be that person who keeps affirming, who keeps encouraging. Because everyone loves a friend. You do not know what you're doing through someone's life you do not know what they've been through or what they're going through for you to just compliment them to encourage them to uplift them and it goes a long way let us be generous with our gifts it could be through our words it could be through monetary gifts or even presents but let's just be generous and work hard and also these two verses are from verse 13 which says a foolish man is no, verse 15, it says, Laziness casts one into a deep sleep, but an idle person will suffer. And let's not be idle. Let us work hard and be generous with the gifts that we have. And verse 11 also talks about discernment, which it says, The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. And we've come seeing in the, I think in the last two chapters, 18 and 17, how James tells us to be slow to anger, slow to speak and quick to listen and understand. 
And the Bible is affirming it here to also be slow to anger. Have the discernment that helps us overlook transgression. Because we're all sinners. We're all sinners. And the verse in the New Testament that talks about Jesus when he found the prostitute lady by the well. And everyone is like, oh, she's a prostitute. We're going to stone her. And she was committing adultery and all this. And he says, whoever has not sinned, let them cast a stone. That clearly should show you. That is clear discernment to know that, hey, it is not in my place to judge. It's not in my place to condemn this person. But guess what? You could offer up a prayer for whatever they're having to go through because we are all sinners. And the next verse that stands out for me is verse 14. It says, Houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. And yesterday we saw in verse 18, I mean, chapter 18, where it says in verse 22, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And here we are. The Bible is telling us a prudent wife is from the Lord. And what does that mean? A woman, whether you're single, whether you're dating, whether you're married, your heart should be so much hidden into the Lord. Your mind should be so sacred and so holy for the things of God, the things that are holy. Because here it says a prudent wife is from the Lord. And what better way to be from the Lord? To sit in his presence, to dwell in his knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And trust him wholeheartedly. And I'm seeing a common uh, trait from what we're reading here is usually the men are to lead, but as... For a man to lead, and I don't want to go into the depths of Ephesians 5, but for a man to lead, he is going to need the strongest, the most prudent helper who is highly favored for him to succeed in his leadership. And I once read somewhere, and it said that for a marriage to succeed, the man is the one to be held accountable because he is the lead. But how many times, from what the Bible is telling us, how many times has a nagging wife usually been the problem in the marriage and only only everyone is looking at the wife or the woman being the problem. But here we say, we're reading that a prudent wife is from the Lord. So let us be from the Lord, have discernment, keep our hearts hidden into the innermost sacred corner of the Lord and that way we shall be highly favored and be prudent and the greatest helpers there are in the world. And as I see verse 17, it says, he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord and he will pay back what he has given. And this takes me back to, I think, Leviticus where God told the Israelites that when they finished harvesting, they had to leave some some grains behind and some wheat behind so that the widows and the poor could come and also have something to eat. And for if you to read the Bible in the Old Testament, almost everyone who helped the poor and did that was wealthy. Let's just look at Boaz herself, himself. <laughs> when Ruth was working in Boaz's, you know, farm, vineyard, whatever it was, when they were harvesting, they would leave food. So Ruth takes this food back to her mother-in-law. And the Bible clearly tells us Boaz was a wealthy man. 
I mean, come to think of it, this verse coming to life and thinking, he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord and he will pay back what he has given. Where does the uttermost wealth come from? From the Lord. Loving his people, being generous, being kind, being compassionate to the poor. The Lord... The Lord's heart breaks for the poor and the widows. So if you mistreat those, the Bible clearly tells us that if you mistreat the widows, the orphans and the poor, you're in for doom. So what better way to reverse that and build wealth through loving the people that make God's heart broken? Those are the poor, the orphans and the widows. And we see verse 8 also stands out for me on disciplining children. 18, and it says... Just in your son while there is hope and do not set your heart on his destruction. Now, just in means more like disciplining. So discipline your son while there is hope and do not set your heart on his destruction. And I can never say this enough. I am all, I am all in for gentle parenting, being truthful to our kids, loving them like we are the only ones able to love them the right way. But I am also on the side of discipline. I am very heavy on discipline because I know the Bible calls us out as parents to discipline our children. And this same verse calls us out to discipline. And while there is hope when they're young, when they're still in the grooming disciplinary age. And the only example that comes, I mean, not only example, but the first two examples that come to my mind about discipline is David and Eli, the priest. So Eli did not discipline his sons for offering sacrifices the wrong way. And the Lord warned him he still did not, you know, discipline his kids when when they were doing all the wrong sacrifices, eating the fatty parts. But then God tells him that he's not going to have any other lineage. The lineage of the priests through him is going to stop with him. And we clearly see that Eli was the last priest in his lineage. And then the other priests came up. And also we see David himself. He did not discipline Absalom. And here we see Solomon being the son of David, who is the wisest man, is also suffering consequences of not being disciplined by his father, David. And he had 600 wives and 400 concubines. So definitely he wasn't displayed or showed the right way. But the Bible is telling us to discipline while there is hope and not, and to set our hearts not on their destruction, not to dwell on those wrongdoings that our children do just because they did something wrong, mm-hmm. but to purely love them and discipline them. And I remember one pastor broke down for us what discipline was and what made it different from abuse. Discipline is when you're doing it from a place of love. You love them so much, you don't want them to go astray. And abuse is out of anger, out of wrath, and not in any place out of love. It is either out of spite or anger or condemnation, but the discipline part comes from love. So this is where the Bible is telling us not to set our hearts on the destruction and the next verse that stands out for me is verse 20. And it says, listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. So are you listening to the counsel, the instruction that God has given us in his word? 
that we may be wise in the later days. And this is such a great call for us to keep growing, to keep educating ourselves, to keep learning a little more in every area, a little more about the nature of God, the character of God, the ways of God, the commandments of God, and even having the knowledge in other areas about our gifts, our degrees, our masters, like be diligent in always wanting to grow and educating yourself. I always love to say every day is a learning opportunity. There's always something new you're going to learn. So be open to learning. Once the day starts, it is another learning opportunity. So be optimistic in learning and growing in knowledge and wisdom of of the Lord and of the ways of life and of your gifts. And the next verse that I actually highlighted is verse 21. It says, There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. So we all know how we make plans. And guess what? <laughs> they just get, you know, turned around. And here we are. I I think I have been living that most of the past couple of days of we make plans, we make bookings, and before you know it, flights are canceled, flights are postponed, and all that stuff. But it is all in his will, so it is frustrating. But then I sit in comfort knowing that this is what the Lord wants for us. And the next one is verse 25 that really stands out for me. And I've actually highlighted the second part of it. And it says, rebuke one who has understanding and he will discern knowledge. So let us be open to rebuke. We've talked about this in some of the past chapters where we should be open to rebuke. And as Christians, we should be open to positive criticism, like that is where growth is. That is where learning is. That is where stretching out of our comfort zone is because we are getting to learn and grow in every area of our lives. So the greatest golden nuggets from today are to be generous, to be kind and humble. And also to work hard. To work hard and be kind and helping the poor because that is the only way we can lend to the Lord and he will pay it back. And let us be Heavy on the disciplining our children. <laughs> Let us discipline our children and not do the abuse, but discipline as in the ways of the Lord. Then also to keep seeking instruction and knowledge has been one thing that has stood out for me from this chapter. Let us keep seeking instruction, knowledge, and wisdom of the Lord so that we can thrive in every area of our lives. And that is it from today. Be blessed. Feel free to share this with all your friends. Invite them to join us on the Proverbial Day Challenge. And feel free to follow me on Instagram, Imelda Nanziato, and shop all your Bible supplies from Thriving Faith Co. on Instagram. See you next time. Bye.